Behind the Bite podcast is part of a network of podcasts that are good for the world. Check out podcasts like the Full of Shit podcast, After the First Marriage podcast, and Eating Recovery Academy over at practiceofthepractice.com backslash network. Welcome to Behind the Bite podcast. This podcast is about the real life struggles women face with food, body image, and weight. We're here to help heal, inspire, and create better, healthier lives. Welcome. So, detoxing. No, I'm not talking about maybe the one you're thinking about. Like, I would absolutely not have an entire show with an expert guest on here discussing detoxing. So, what kind of detoxing are we going to be talking about today? Well, that's what our guest is here to talk to you about and to help you understand. But let me ask you, if you're someone who's an overdoer, an overthinker, or an overgiver, our guest today has a way to hopefully help you to walk away with an increased sense of ease, stability, and confidence, a renewed sense of self-balance and inner alignment, practical tools, fresh ideas, and a sense of value and appreciation, and a foundation for building healthy communication and productivity. And that's through an emotional detox. Sherrianna Boyle is the author of books, including the Emotional Detox book series and her latest book, Energy in Action, The Power of Emotions and Intuition to Cultivate Peace and Freedom. She is the founder of Emotional Detox Coaching. She's also an adjunct psychology professor and the host of her own podcast, Just a Spirit. All right. Well, Sherrianna, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you. And, you know, I when people hear the word detox and it's a podcast about eating disorders, I know people are like, what on earth? What are you doing a show about detox for? But this is not the kind of detox we're talking about. So tell me about what is an emotional detox? Yeah, it's definitely not not the kind of detox that first comes to mind that we're conditioned to think about. It's in terms of a detox. It's based on core principles, and I created these principles, so I didn't get them from someone else because I went out looking for what is an emotional detox. I knew I needed one, but I wasn't quite sure what it was. And then as I did research about emotions and really learned the anatomy of emotions and what they are, what happens, and how they impact our thoughts and our minds and our behaviors, that's when I realized, Christina, that kind of needed a little bit of a foundation and a description of what an emotional detox is. So I came up with these principles. And the first principle of an emotional detox is that all your emotions are good so long as they're processed. So all of them, the fear, the insecurity, the doubt, the shame, they're all good so long as we don't just hang out in them. And when we hang out in them, that feels a lot like ruminating or just kind of a lot of self-doubt or insecurity. But if we give them permission to be moved, and I'll talk more about that, then as that occurs, you get a lot of value out of that. So when I use the word good, I mean your emotions are valuable. They, They actually have kind of like food, they have nutrients. And you happen 
to need these nutrients, but you can only get them similar to food if you fully digest your food and if you fully digest your emotions and the digestion of them is the process. And what I mean by that is the process is I allow myself to have an experience with the emotions. And so I'm going to talk more about that in a moment, but let me, the second core principle, the second core principle of an emotional detox is that we're not looking to get rid of your emotions. We are looking to get to your emotions. So emotions get covered up, they get buried, they get minimized, pushed aside. And how do we do that through we do that through overthinking, analyzing, comparing, contrasting, minimizing, shaming, all of that. And I call those reactions. So when we have those types of reactions, it suppresses the emotions. And so when it comes to an emotional detox, you're trying to get to them. They get buried. And, and then another core principle and this is where people kind of look at me cross-eyed, is I, after going through hundreds of emotional detoxes and making it a regular practice, there's a principle that I came up with, and that is there's only one emotion, and that's that's love. Everything else is a reaction. Now you say, well, how the heck can that be? Well, I slide guilt as a reaction, because there's not a lot of feeling with guilt. If you really dive into guilt or shame or fear, there's the, there's not a lot of feeling. It's kind of one feeling. <laughs> and so I see them more as reactions. And so what are we detoxing? We're detoxing reactions so that we can get to the emotions. And the emotions, when they're, again, when they're in motion, their form of energy, then you start to feel better. And what do I mean by better? You start to feel more grounded. You start to feel a sense of a little bit more secure. I mean, this happens over time with practice. There's no magic, anything. You have to practice it. But little by little, you're going to feel a little bit more centered. And what happens when all of these processes take place is there's something that happens and that's called, you start to trust. You start to trust yourself a little bit more. You trust your body. You trust your creator of the God of your understanding or universe or whatever it is. You You start to shift a little bit. So that's what it's based on, those three principles. All your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. There's a there's only one emotion, love. That's that's everything else is a reaction because it has limited movement. And we're not looking to get rid of emotions. We're looking to get to them. Okay. So you said people look at you kind of cross-eyed. So yeah, um, when they kind of, is it that people are really trying to understand it and kind of confused that they're looking at you cross-eyed or what is what is it that they kind of, I guess, are kind of wondering about when they're giving you that look? Well, I guess they don't really look at me cross-eyed. I just said that to be funny. But right. I, I think if if anything, they intuitively 
can resonate with that. Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, um, if anything, it opens them up a little bit more because here's the thing. If you sit here and think to yourself, I'm going to get rid of every bad thing, every every bad emotion. And that's what happened with me with my detox. When I went on emotional detox, I thought I'm going to be here for the rest of my life, <laughs> right? Because there's a lot, right? I have a lot that I have been bearing and oh my gosh, I thought to myself, this is going to take forever. And do I have the energy for it? That was the other thing. Do I have the stamina? Do I have the motivation? Do I have enough self-worth or self-love to even go in this direction? Because it does, you start to think this is, I don't know if I can handle this. And you can talk yourself out of it. And So what I had to do, and this is ended up being part of the emotional detox is I had to say to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, you got to change the way you're looking at this. There's only one emotion. You're not trying to get rid of your emotions. That's to me, that was an exhausting journey. It just felt like too much. I had too many emotions. And I said to myself, what you're releasing, what you're removing our reactions so that you can feel again, because we numb ourselves, Christina, and we do that in a number of ways. And for me, it was denial. That was my biggest numbing device. It was, it was denial of my God, my everything, my worth. I just would pretend like it didn't exist. It was like, you know, like when you were a kid and you put your fingers in your ears and you'd be like, yeah, la, 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 I can't hear you. <laughs> like that was me. Right. And I just stayed in my, in a very narrow, this is, this is what I'm doing. And it's really, it's called survival mode. It, it's called coping. And we do denial when we don't believe we have enough. And I really believed I didn't have enough in me to face whatever I needed to face. So changing that way of seeing it really helped me. I'm not saying it's, you have to do it that way. You do what feels right for you. I'm saying your emotions have value. They're part of you. You can't, you can't get rid of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're there. Uh, so let's discover the, you know, what you can do with them. You can process them and they turn into something really beautiful. They give you energy, but it's a different kind kind of energy it's a it's an awareness it's an openness it's a strength it's a it's a resilience that you get when you process what you feel and you start to loosen the grip on some of these reactions which are a way that we control everything and i was the biggest control freak around i love to control and that it's not that i'm a bad person or anyone's it, it's just sometimes we grow up with circumstances things happen to us and we learn how to control them. We, we tell ourselves that it needs to be controlled because we don't know anything else and you don't know until you know. And then when you know something new, you try that out. You know, you said this word control and um, that's a big word with people who, you know, have eating disorders or really trying to control something, but they don't really know. Maybe people listening can kind of understand this, normally know at the time that you're using food or doing a lot of the eating disorder behaviors, even 
having these eating disorder thoughts that are so rampant, um, trying to, you know, control maybe some of these really negative emotions or overwhelming emotions or trauma, right? It's like these things are taking up space because um, you're so occupied engaging in them and thinking about them that they distract you from having to feel all these things that maybe you're not even aware you're feeling, you know, or you're not even aware you're doing all these things. You're trying to control everything. Um, so maybe for people listening who are engaging in maybe their day-to-day -day life, like the majority of their life revolves around eating disorder behaviors, eating disorder thoughts, thinking about food, body, all this kind of stuff. Um, if they came to talk to you or really wanted to understand more about like this emotional detox, is there a place they could start for themselves to kind of understand like, okay, this might be my coping mechanism, my eating disorder behaviors, all these things might be my way of kind of detracting or controlling these emotions? Well, I think given that it's such a, 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 a sensitive thing and my my intuition is telling me so I wrote a book called Energy in Action, and that has the, so I'm going to use another word that might be a little triggering, okay, folks? <laughs> but I'm not, again, similar to detox. It doesn't mean what you think. So the book is called Energy in Action, and it has my process. So there's the principles of an emotional detox. All your emotions are good, so long as they're processed. And then the next natural question is, People want to know, well, how do I process them? So then I developed the acronym of CLEANSE. And it's an acronym which stands for the seven steps for processing your emotions. And the reason I came up with an acronym is because what happens when you are in emotional trauma and you're not, you're in a, I call it like a, you know, trauma has many definitions. The one that I lean into most is that says anytime you're scared stiff. So when we're scared stiff, we just kind of freeze. And sometimes it paralyzes you. Sometimes you want to run. But that's how we can, I one of the many ways we can identify trauma. And when we're in those states of the fight or flight or freeze response or fixed response, sometimes that happens. We just want to correct what we don't like or stop what we don't like or control what we don't like. That's another way that we go into fight, flight, freeze response. These are all variations of that. And when you're in that state, I have learned and with myself and working with other people it impacts your memory. <laughs> and so I knew there had to be an acronym. And so that's how CLEANSE came to be. I thought, how are people going to remember this if their memory isn't working so great? Um, and, and it just does. It happens. Your memory is, is off. So again, there are seven steps. And in the last four books I've written, I have cleanse. It's kind of my signature process. Energy in action, I would, I would suggest there. And you know why, Christina? Because it 
it has a lot of practices that incorporate learning how to use light and sound to help you process what you feel. And it's very gentle on the system. And I think you got to be, I got to, you got to go easy on yourself. So if you've got trauma or if you feel like, I mean, you can start wherever you want. You can start with a core emotional detox book. But if you start with me, I I mean, it's really individual. I kind of feel it out and see what, what would be right for that person and where they're at. But I do feel that energy in action has, so I've written them out. There's 52 in there, 52 cleanses. And I would, I would start there because I think I look at the light that's in that book. It's, they're called the rays of light. They're kind of like nutrients. They feed, it's kind of like when you go out in the sun and you get the vitamin D and you just feel better. That's, that's what's in that book. And so if someone with an eating disorder, disordered eating came to me right now in this moment, I think I would be inclined to have them start there. But if you really want to understand what an emotional detox is, then I would start with the core book, Emotional Detox. Does that help you? Does that answer your question? So when you're talking about, you know, the acronym, like what what does that stand for? What does each of the letters Mm -hmm. stand for? That's a good question. So the, the C starts for clear reactivity, and that is where I teach you, and I do many variations in all the books of this. Clear reactivity means that we have to ground you. There's going to be mindful practices for grounding and also for toning your vagus nerve, which is the, the nerve that remembers trauma. And so we got we got to tone that nerve. And also clear reactivity is about, feeling safe. If you don't feel safe in your own body, you're not going to process anything. So that number one step, clear reactivity, the intention is to help you feel safe, to let your body, your brain know, hey, everything's okay, right? You can go ahead and process that. Not a problem. All is well. The second step is called looking inward. And that's a step where I teach you how to identify your emotions without going into the stories, without going into the narratives. When we revisit the stories and narratives, we re-traumatize ourselves. And it would make perfect sense why you wouldn't want to feel, because that's horrible to go through, to re-traumatize, right? So that teaches you how to identify a feeling without the stories. So now you've identified the feeling. Now you're at the third step, which is E, emit. And that's where I teach you how to move the energy. Again, all mindful approaches. The entire thing takes about 10 minutes, the process. So we mindfully start to move it through vibration. We add vibration to your body. If you're in fear, you're you're losing energy and you're losing vibration. You're losing your vitality. You're losing your, so we want to add some in there. So at this point now, we've added some energy. You've identified what you feel. And now you're kind of going over. I look at like the bridge. Now you're kind of going over the bridge into A, which is called activate. And activate is about, well, where, okay, where am I heading, right? So it's like putting gas in your car 
and you're like, I got a full tank of gas. Where am I heading? Like, I have more options now. If I have a little gas in my tank, my options are pretty limited. Or I might shortchange myself. But if I got a full tank, ooh, I got a full tank. So now you got a full tank. The A is activate. And it teaches you to focus on where you're heading and get clear on where you're heading. That's just as important. That's a creative space. What am I creating here? And and then we're in the end, which is called nourishment. And that is a step where in, in Energy in Action, that book, really teach you how to, for lack of a better word, marinate in energy, meaning allow yourself to just take a moment and be present and connect with this. So if you're in the moment, if you're in your body, then you're then you're going to have an easier time releasing anxiety. You're not going to be in that chronic thinking. So that at nourishment is like, I want you to feel nourished in that space because you're kind of creating new memories with the moment. A lot of people, their, their memories with the moment, they're like, oh God, I don't want to not be busy because when I'm not busy, then I'm thinking. So I better keep busy. Or so it, it's, you got to re-educate yourself on how to be in that moment, but you're going to be okay because you just did E where you added vibration, A, where you're kind of more, you're looking at what you're creating, like through visualizations, and this is all meditative, and you're learning how to sit in, in the moment, be present, allow and receive energy, and then S is surrender. And the reason I love it there, the surrender piece, is you have enough energy to surrender now. A lot of people say, just stop it, let go, you know, do some, try a new behavior. But if you don't have energy because fear and insecurity can, it robs you of energy. If you don't have energy that you're just good, that's just going to go in one ear and out the other because you just don't have the energy for it. So now you have enough energy. So surrender is a statement, you know, it's about really allowing, what are you going to allow in your life? Are you going to allow confidence? Are you going to allow calm? Are you going to allow grounded? Are you going to allow reassurance? Maybe it's reassurance that you need. Are you are you going to allow support? Are you going to allow connection? Are you going to allow healing? Right? At the end of the day, you have to allow it. It's your free will. You're in charge. And then the final step is the E, which is ease. And that is, again, some affirmations, which kind of, it's like bringing, making you whole again, you know, instead of these parts kind of see ourselves as, well, this is my body and this is my mind and this is my school and this is my work. Well, you're not, it, it makes it all fragmented. And that E is just sort of this reminder of wholeness that I don't have to do this to be whole. Because we have this mentality, you know, that I am that, I am whole. And it's about reconnecting with that I am space, that I already am that. Here I am doing all these things to try to be something. But what if, what if I already was all that and more? And so that's the whole practice, C through E. And again, it takes 
the way I've written it in the books is it takes about 10 minutes. (laughs) Is this a process that like through reading the book, people can do themselves or is this something that they need to work with you to kind of go through and learn? Um, Because I'm just imagining like someone listening to this going like, you know, kind of without reading the book and going like, that sounds kind of complicated to go through all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. On your own. So I'm sure. Like going through the book, it, it seems more doable. Well, they're, they're all written out in the last four books. So whatever one you're drawn to is what I would, you know, there's, there's three emotional detox books and then there's energy in action that has the light. And the reason I'm kind of leaning into that is because light is nourishment. And it's very difficult to do anything when we don't have the nourishment. I'm talking nourishment of spirit. I'm talking nourishment of soul, right? Um, and we get received that beautiful light. because So in terms of support, well, I have a few ways. One is I have a weekly membership where I run a group through. You hop on Zoom. You can have your camera on or off. We're all muted, except for me, of course, but we mute. So you're not hearing anybody else's story. Um, You're not going to know, but you're not going to know why anybody else is there kind of thing. So we do have a chat, but I always say to people, if you don't want to see the chat, usually it's at the end, people put in the chat, the positive changes. That's the intention. They like to, they give feedback and that encourages everyone but you don't even have to pay attention to that. So that's twice a week for about a half hour. I walk people through the steps that I just guided you through. So we're just doing one step at a time. And by the end of the 30 minutes, you you ought to feel a shift. There is a power of a group. <laughs> and, and so that's called the ray of light circle where we kind of do the ones in energy in action. And then of course I have private sessions with that people schedule with me. And then, and then some people prefer to start with a book. They just want to try that first. So I think there's three options there for people. Now for you, this is something you came up with. So it sounds like there was a time in your life where, I don't know, were you kind of overwhelmed and you felt like you needed something um, to heal? Like, I'm wondering how this Um, all came about for you. Yeah. So Emotional Detox was my seventh book. Mm-hmm. And I I had just written a book on mantras. I came off that book. It's called Mantras Made Easy. I think I published it in June. And then I just came and popped in. So I also, I, I do a lot of mindfulness. I was actually teaching a yoga class um, after it was published. I taught a yoga class. I had my yoga mat rolled up under my arm and I'm walking out and I'm with my friend and I looked at her and I said, emotional detox. And she's like, what? And I said, it's my next book. What do you think? I really like it. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Just popped out of my mouth out of nowhere. So I start researching. I pitch it to my publisher and I'm like, I'm thinking about this. And they're like, okay, we'll do the research, get back to us, write the proposal, blah, blah, blah. So I'm getting the research, writing the proposal. I submit it. They actually say, you need to do more. <laughs> I was like, okay. 
more research. So I did more research and it took a while and then I put it together and they loved it. They were like, okay, you've got something here. Literally, they I was dancing like, oh my gosh, this is so great. It was Simon and Schuster. I couldn't, I was so excited. At, gosh, it must have been Christina a couple weeks later. I get hit with the worst emotional, tragic thing. And it affects me and affects my family and affects my job. I mean, it just pretty much affects every area of my life. It was just a horrible thing. And I didn't know what was going to happen next. And it was truly life was out of control, out of control. And it was unexpected. So I went to the publisher and I said, "Um, I can't write this. And they said, "Um, sure you can. And I said, I can't. I'm a mess. I have no business writing a book on emotional detox. I, I, I just felt like it would be a big fake, you know, I can't write it. So they said, why don't you go ahead and take care of yourself and come back to us? And so I said, okay, I thought for sure it was gone that they were going to put it because people don't understand publishers can take a book, put it with another author. I've, I've, they've done it with me and it's not, it's not a fun thing to think about, but they have the right to do that. They actually own the rights. So they didn't do that at all. They said, just take your time. So I said, all right. So in the, in the meantime, I did, did what all of us do. You find a therapist, right? I need a therapist. I'm in crisis. So I'm going through therapy, therapist after therapist. And I'm sitting there and I'm like a behavior problem because I just heard all the research. I I just did all the research on emotions and they're wanting me to talk about it. And every time I talked about it, I, everything, it just, I became like, like I was reliving it again. I thought I can't do this. This is torture. I can't relive this story. I can't retell it every single time. It's too much. And then go back and be a mom with three kids. I just can't do it. So I I played along and then I would switch therapists. Finally, I find a therapist that is, is great. And I went to her and then lo and behold, I'm in the office and she asks a question. Her beeper goes off. She goes to get check her beeper. And I hear, I know it's crazy, everyone, but I hear a voice loud and clear. And I've heard this is these things have happened to me before where I've heard like insight, spirit, whatever you want to call it. And it said to me, um, it just said it basically was giving me a uh, I would later discover it was a step of the cleanse. And it said to me, don't answer the question. Oh no, what would what would happen if you didn't answer the question? And I thought, don't answer the question. Like she's coming back. That would be rude. I gotta right. So for whatever reason, it was, I'm leaving therapy. I say goodbye. I'm walking to my car. And I said, I remember saying it out loud. That is the last time I'm going to therapy. God knows why I said that because I, anyone would have said I was not ready to stop. I would have said, are you crazy? You're not ready yet. You're not there yet. But I said it out loud and I stopped and I went home and I sat and I said, okay, I'm going to channel whatever came in. (laughs) I'm going to just sit with this and I'm going, and I would write down every day. I'd write down the steps. 
I would play with them. I would practice. It became sort of my thing. You know, it became like something else I could focus on. It's kind of weird, you know, like when you're, it's like, I imagine people with disordered eating, you know what that's like when it's like getting a hobby, right? It's like getting something that you love and it's all of a sudden you find yourself so invested in it that you're not as invested in the other things kind of thing. Your life becomes, my life was filling up with tapping in, practicing, researching. And in the back of my mind, Christina, I'm thinking to myself, I know I'm going to write that book. But I have to, I have, but I didn't want to even say it. But in my mind, I thought, I felt it. So I practiced maybe for six months before the steps were the steps. And then I started to try it out on my clients. And then eventually I wrote the book. Um, and then the rest is history. And eventually, you know, everything, I gave myself a year. I said to myself, I'm going on emotional detox for a year. And, uh, and that meant I was going to focus less on figuring things out and more on learning how to feel. So, and I said to myself, if a year comes up and I'm still not ready, I'm going to take more time. And once again, I'm going to focus less on figuring things out and more on focusing how to feel on this emotional detox thing. So it sounds like your book really is coming from like a personal place where you've actually really used all these steps and really experienced it and and helped other people through it. So you really know that what is written in the books. Is- oh, yes. Yeah. It's like in my blood, you know, it feels like what it feels like when you're related to someone, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, you could see, not see him for, or, or have a very best friend that you haven't seen in 20 years. And then you see them and you're like, oh my God, it feels like no time has passed. That's the way it feels between me and emotional detox. It just feels like there's a connection there. So I, I you know, and now I feel like, you know, maybe that was the purpose of it all was for me to go through that so I could give this and help other people. Um, And if that's, if that's the purpose, I'll take it, you know, not that I want to go through anything like that again, but, um, but if it helps other people, then, then I, then it was all worth it. Um, So, you know, if people are listening, kind of going, okay, like this sounds interesting, you know, because it's (laughs) it's very different from therapy, right? Um, And to your point, that's why you know, you were like, I'm done. with. Well, therapy. it's, I want to, I want to preface this, that I'm not a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I have a, uh, let, well, I used to be a school psychologist and I am a professional coach and, you know, I have a lot of uh, certifications and things like that, but I think it's a great, I have a lot of clients that are therapists. Um, and I think it's a great in addition to therapy, quite frankly. It's not a instead of. Now that I've written, I just needed to remove myself to be able to do what I did. But now that I have it down, I think it's a fabulous thing to integrate, to put with therapy. 
I think they're both fabulous. This is, again, it's a 10-minute process. So it could be the beginning of therapy. It could be the end of therapy. But it's uh, it's a tool for everybody. We can all use more tools for sure. So, <laughs> like introducing new things, especially on here. So because um, nah. not everything works for everybody. So, you know, the more things we're exposed to and the more things that are out there that we didn't know this was here, right? So mm-hmm. um, I think that's great. And, you know, the fact that you went through this, it works for you. You're helping people use it every day. That's phenomenal. Um, people want to get your book or books. You have several. Um, or find more out about you. How can they find you? Yeah, so they can go to my website, sherryannaboyle.com. And all the books are there, but you can buy them wherever books are sold. But you'll see them all displayed there. And there's a few different places that you can buy them from. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Any last final words for anyone listening? I think the the words that I would have in my is don't ever let anyone think that you can't recover. Um yeah, I think that you absolutely can. I, I know that sometimes there's a mindset that you have to live with something for the rest of your life and it will never be any different. I don't, I haven't had that experience in what I've seen. So don't, if if you've heard that or feel like you're broken, that's just not true. You absolutely can recover. And you can come out even better than before. And you get a lot of tools. <laughs> it's a, if if you choose to open yourself up to them. And I think the thing is, is make sure that you don't try to do it alone. You know, know the level of support that works for you. And don't compare yourself to other people. And the type of support that works for you. Some people do really well with certain services and while other people are like, no, that did not work for me. And it's good to take in and listen to others. But as you start to move your energy of your emotions, what you're going to discover is you're going to be able to follow your heart. So if there's something to look forward to, feeling more and feeling doesn't have to suck, right? So a lot of times we associate feeling with pain And I'm going to say that might be a reaction. But when you feel, you actually, what's going to happen is you're going to be, you're going to be able to trust more. You'll be able to follow your gut and your intuition. You'll get an inner strength. You'll develop a sense of resiliency and a sense of self. You'll be more protected. So if you feel like you're someone who gets affected by negativity or or hurt, you'll be more protected if you feel. A lot of people think it's the opposite. If you're moving the energy of your emotions. And you'll you'll be able to, you know, you'll start to dream again. You'll start to imagine. And you'll start to eventually feel a sense of purpose in everything. Great message. Um, I think a lot of people do feel like they're broken and that they're kind of stuck. So, you know, instilling that hope, um, always great to hear. And when people are ready to, I think, hear it, they will. So thank you for saying that. Well, thank you for having this podcast. I think that's the other thing is definitely stay connected 
listen to podcasts like this that are very sensitive to it. I I spoke to Christina before we had the interview, and let me tell you, she's got the highest integrity here for holding this space. And not all support systems are alike. <laughs> there are some that might that don't understand it quite well, but Christine is not one of them. So I just want to say thank you to you for providing a solid platform for people. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. Well, it's the truth. <laughs> thank you. Um, I do find people on here because um, I want to make sure that people who come on and they have the good message um, that can, you know, that is another message I want to put out there. You, beware of who's out there on social media, out on the podcast, sending out messages and yeah. the agenda might not be what you think it is. And, um, you know, when yeah, listen to things with an open ear and, um, you know, if there's ever the message out there, like you said, reiterating the myth that you can, you know, never fully recover, that's uh, something to challenge and don't Please do not believe that. The words you yeah. say to yourself, the words you hear are very powerful. You're, that will set the stage for where you end up. So, yeah. I Do you mind if I say one more thing that might inspire them? Yes, please. There was a study done on veterans on addiction. And this was during the war. And many of them became addicted to uh, drugs. I forget. Um, so they, they came, they went away to war. They ended up getting addicted on drugs and they thought, oh boy, now we're going to have all these veterans coming back uh, addicted. How are we going to handle that and get them into recovery and this and that? Well, guess what? They came back. This is based on a study and they changed their environment. Having their environment changed so much from where they were that surprisingly, many of them were able to get off the drugs. So what does that tell us? It tells us that there is a big part about, you know, our environment can be triggers. And so that's why it's good to have a support system because you, you want to start to put, you know, not do the same thing <laughs> every day, right? And so if you change it up, even your routine, or where you go, or who you hang out with, or the kinds of things you watch on social media or television shows, that's changing your environment. And it's just, I mean, that's just one piece of research that really supports you can um, break this. You can recover and, and not have this um, feel like, um, you know, because addiction is a lot of a feeling out of control, but you are going to have to change some things in your environment to do that. And it could be just adding an extra support person or changing up, you know, your daily routine, change your room around, <laughs> do whatever you can to kind of change things up now and then. No, it's a very important message, right? Is mm -hmm. identifying what the triggers are sometimes is hard, but um, to your point, Sometimes you don't really know what they are until they're gone. So <laughs> having all the benefits yeah. of supportive people or supportive things around you definitely makes a difference. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. Yep. All right. Well, thank you again for being here, for sharing all of this. And um, yeah, you guys want to check out her books, please 
go to her website. I'll have it all in the show notes. And uh, thank you again. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.